Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here today with Hillary Wolken. Thanks, Mallory. I'm really excited to be here. I am so grateful that you're willing to have this conversation with me. I was just telling you before how much I've enjoyed having you inside Power Partners and how I feel like your experience and your journey through Power Partners is something that a lot of development folks can relate to. And I thought people could really benefit from hearing why you joined the program, how it has supported you, the gaps it doesn't fill, um, and just get a better sense for whether or not it is a good choice for them. So why don't we start with you just telling everyone a little bit about you, um, your orientation inside your organization, and maybe what it was. You've been inside the program now for over a year. So maybe what it was when you first joined the program and why you decided to jump Absolutely. So I am currently an individual giving manager for the Institute for Sustainable Communities. Uh, It is a global nonprofit that works with climate justice in the US and India and Southeast Asia and China. So it's quite a large endeavor. And when I started Power Partners, it was more because I believe I saw a webinar that you did. And it was just a one-off free webinar and being someone who's very interested in individual giving and and having that be my kind of career trajectory, I was immediately drawn to your webinar on, I'm sure, something pertaining to Power Partners. And you gave a little advertisement at the end. And I was like, I was relatively new in deciding that I wanted to focus on annual fund and individual giving. And so I thought this sounds like a really great kind of crash course. It's not a quick course, but a really in-depth way to boost my skills in individual giving and mm. outreach. And similarly to what you say, when what you share in the course, I had just been finding that the traditional way of reaching out to try to widen our donor pool was really not working the way I wanted it to. So I was really excited at the process and the methodology that you propose. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm curious, and I don't know if you can remember or if it's okay that I'm asking about this, but do you remember or know what were some of the primary things that shifted for you in terms of how you were doing outreach and building relationships from before you were in Power Partners to to once you were inside? Sure. I would say that the main mode of operation was the scarcity mindset. So there is not enough money. Mm. Let's just apply to literally everyone and their brother and contact everyone and their brother. (laughs) And it's really just a matter of, it felt like we were just going up to every single person. This is not literally, of course, but the, it felt like we were going up to every single person and shaking them and being like, give us money, give us money. Why won't you give us money, please? And it wasn't a matter of whether it was a good fit. It wasn't a matter of, I, I think, and maybe this is a sales tactic, but the feeling was more like if you bombard someone enough or try to convince them enough or say the magic words that they need to hear, Um, then they'll give you money. It was like this. I remember one of my bosses would say, oh, we haven't cracked this nut yet. And so it was exhausting and terrifying. And we were getting lots and lots of no's. Uh, And so then in Power Partners, having this idea of, and I don't, it just seems so simple now. I don't know why it isn't something that is more prevalent in fundraising, but 
the idea that you would find people who want the same things that you want it's it really is like dating and you know you're trying to find the the funders who are really passionate about the mission that you do they may not know you exist yet but really just reaching out and saying hey we're working towards the same thing do you want to join us that was a huge shift and all of a sudden maybe i wasn't spending 20 hours a day sending a million emails to everyone but to be able to target my outreach to folks who were more likely to want to partner with us, we started seeing a lot more results. And I also saw more results in my own mental health and <laughs> emotional health because I wasn't just chasing after people who were never going to give because it just wasn't in their priority. I remember, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but I have this memory of your first month inside the program and you had gotten a bunch of meetings set up that were really, it was really common for you to see that level of success in terms of setting up a number of meetings, but you posted something inside the group about how you you had had three meetings that week or four meetings that week. And you were like, a few of them were you know, not a great fit, but it was nice to know that we existed. And then one of them, it was really clear there's alignment here and they asked for a proposal. And I just remember reading that reflection of yours and not hearing like disappointment or rejection in the, these folks weren't a good fit. It was like, I had this opportunity to really figure out, is there alignment here? These ones we figured out it wasn't, and but this one there was, and that was great. And you were feeling so positive and to me, that was like really reflective of what I hope people get out of Power Partners, which is not just that it's going to be in alignment with you, but that you know how to figure out who is and that it can feel good when people are in alignment with you, but it can feel okay when they aren't in a way that doesn't feel like the rejection we mostly experience in fundraising. Absolutely. And I think this is where it feels a little bit like dating in a way because it's okay. It's not a slight on me. It's not a slight on you that this isn't a good fit. It's just, we aren't meant to be. Um, And on the flip side of that, I will say that there have been some initial conversations with more corporations that weren't necessarily good fits, but through the miraculous tapestry of the universe has led to funding elsewhere because you know, we I remember having a conversation with a company they weren't really looking to have a corporate philanthropy program but the person I spoke with really enjoyed our conversation his wife happened to work for mm-hmm. a donor advised fund and she had a client who was looking for a nonprofit to support that was basically what our nonprofit did and so from that connection, we then he set up a meeting with his wife, and then we were able to figure out that this client was a good fit for us. And th- that's another reason why I don't mind having these meetings, even if they don't end up being good fits, is because the, through the process, you identify them as, well, it looks like there is alignment. So it's not like a complete mm. shot in the dark. And then even if that fit isn't good, there's still that alignment at the end of the day. And so you never know Mm -hmm. if they're going to say, okay, we're not a great alignment, but 
I know this other person or this other organization or this other company or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and then kind of circle back around and end up being a really great fit anyway. That's such a good point because you're right. The alignment is there. The alignment is what's identified in that initial outreach to a certain extent, but then there's all these other pieces to whether or not it's going to be a good funding fit. Like we're initially values aligned and mission aligned, but we might not be aligned in terms of how we invest our money in nonprofits and what you do, for example. And so that that's a really good sort of reorientation to that. And yeah, and I love hearing that because what that makes me think more like the word that you said is because he enjoyed our conversation so much. And I feel like that's what a conversation focused on alignment versus a conversation focused on money. Mm. (laughs) And it doesn't mean we don't talk about money. Like you obviously were talking about investment and what that looks like and all those things. But I feel like the way we've all been taught to fundraise it's rare that those conversations feel really great, even sometimes when we get the fun. And then this is like this other orientation where it's like the conversations feel so great. And sometimes it's a fit. Sometimes it's not for that exact thing, but everybody's leaving that conversation feeling good. And it just opens up the potential for so much more. Absolutely. And I will say too, um, through the Power Partners, I love the sense that at the end of the day, you're talking with people and it's about connecting with mm-hmm. that person, mm-hmm. taking your eye off of the, and obviously your fundraising goals are important, right? We're not going to completely let go of that. And that's why we're doing what we're doing, but putting a pin in the fundraising goal and saying, okay, here are these people who represent these entities that have alignment. And if I can really have a good, genuine connection with them about whatever programs or mission or processes that we both agree on or feel passionately about, then the good kind of ripples out. You know, if you throw a stone mm. into a pond, it, it even mm. if their funding situation isn't a good fit, having that connection, that genuine connection with that person not only feels great, but it also helped build out the network, the culture, the community that you're trying to build. Yeah, I love hearing you talk about it. Because for me, that's the piece around like fundraising being the work. I think we so often like silo fundraising, and we're like, here's all the good work our organization's doing. And then the fundraising is this like necessary evil that powers the good work, you know, and we separate them. And it's like, exactly what you're talking about here is why like fundraising is the work. This is how you build networks and you build relationships and you build advocates for your program. And it's not always tied to money. You're going to see that moment, but it's like that that's part of the work of the organization. And I think why they need to be so intimately tied together. Can you talk to us a little bit about that piece you said before around the way that this has impacted your mental health? Are you willing to share a little bit more about that? In general, I would say I struggle with anxiety. That's been something that I've had my whole life. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, will transition into my career and my work. And especially having a job that is so intrinsically tied to an output that if you don't make Mm. however much money, you have failed, essentially, at Mm. least in the eyes of leadership or the board Mm. or whoever is in charge. Uh, And so in some ways, that's been helpful for me because it's a good motivator. It's a good way for me to gauge Mm. progress. In other ways, it's 
been detrimental because, for example, during COVID, when everyone was struggling, I was at a different nonprofit at that point, um, and a lot of our funders had shifted their funding to mm. health or whatever mm. to support. And so it was hard not to take that personally as, well, I failed because I didn't make this funding goal. And so with Power Partners, it allows me to give myself some grace. I obviously still struggle with the pressure or the, oh, I just had this meeting with someone and they they seemed really excited about funding and now they're not returning my calls and, oh my God, what do I do? Uh, copying, pasting the template you have of how to like follow up with people. But then after a certain point, it's just, I guess I have to circle back in a while. I don't know. Did I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just reminding myself through the program and through talking with other folks who are in the program and talking with you. I know we've had our sessions where I've vented my emotions to you about my feelings of insecurities, but Just to know that, first of all, that this is the name of the game. This is what happens in fundraising. Fundraising is not something that you can, without a doubt, 100% say, I will get X, Y, and Z donors. Uh, It's just, there's always that element of surprise and and something that can Mm -hmm. throw a wrench into the situation. But also to have a community of other fundraisers who are going through similar things, who I can check in and say, Mm. is anyone else having issues with returning donors? Is anyone else finding, you know, their emails aren't really getting open or whatever the issue is. Mm. And that helps alleviate a lot of those feelings of not good enough that come up. And having the tools that you talk about that I can just pause and say, okay, let's check in. What voices are we hearing here? What kind of the energy levels and the gales, actually, the both of those being able to remind myself where those are coming from, that they're not really based mm. on anything real and realign or give myself space to, even if I can't talk myself out of those or push myself, not push, but redirect my energy or recalibrate my energy, then allowing myself to have that space to say, okay, you know what, today's just been rough and everyone has a rough day. Mm -hmm. And if I need to curl up in front of Netflix for a couple hours, and then that's fine. I've also really found your emails that you send out. um, And you just, I think you just did one recently, just talk, sharing your struggles and what you've been Mm. struggling with in terms of your own thought processes, that has also been helpful because if someone like Mallory can have days where she's just, oh, the gales are really getting me today, then maybe I'm not (laughs) doing so bad. Um, Maybe it is just part Mm. of the job. And it allows me then to let go of those negative thoughts and feelings. Yeah, it's so real. I think any job, so much of what I still do is similar to fundraising in the sense of putting myself out there, being visible, getting rejected, getting ghosted. There's so many things about running, being a one woman show with a 10 hour a week VA and doing, wearing all the hats. And, and so I do, I relate to fundraisers because I was I built power partners. And so that, but then also, yeah, all the pieces, I don't think they ever completely go away. I don't think the gales are ever gone. They just, 
it's a little bit like a game of whack-a-mole and continuing to strengthen our toolkit to shorten the time that we spend in them, but not that they ever go away. Like something I say a lot about energy levels is like, it's not about shifting what our stress response is necessarily. Like we all have programmed stress responses, but how much time we spend in those responses can be really impacted. And we're not doing deep trauma therapy inside Power (laughs) Partners, but we're starting to understand what activates us, what throws us into other states of energy, and then have tools to shift out of that in a much quicker amount of time where like I used to spend, God, I would spend sometimes, I think, 72 hours spiraling on certain decisions, like very basic decisions in my life. And having tools to that those things that took me 72 hours to flush out my pro-con list in my brain that never went anywhere, to be able to make those decisions now in two to five minutes or sometimes subconsciously, to me, that's the that's the value. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being able to recognize too, if you're starting to fall into a gale or your energy level starting mm. to change and being able to say, wait a minute, I know what's happening here. Mm. I'm not quite at that proficiency where that happens all the time, but there are moments where, especially when we launch an appeal and I'm just sitting there waiting and biting my nails about mm. what's coming back or if we'll be as successful as we want to be. And I can start sensing myself dipping into those unhealthy feelings or that spiraling that I haven't on occasion been able to say, okay, no, we're not doing that. That's okay. Mm. It's okay. Rechannel. You know what? That's so great. And I think depending on how many stimuli are in our lives, like the amount of time it takes for us to have awareness around those things is constantly changing. Like sometimes I will have awareness immediately. And sometimes I'll be like, why? Like it'll be five days with something that has sat on my to-do list. I'm like, why am I not just like emailing them back? That is not the type of thing that sits on my to-do list for that long. And it takes me five days to realize, ooh, you're avoiding that. There's something tender there. Okay, you have to work through it. And so I think that those things like ebb and flow based on all the other context of our lives. So I I think any awareness at any point, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, the end, a week after you've been in a gale, (laughs) like any level of awareness is great. And then, yeah, we just continue to build up how quickly that awareness enters the next time. So I think that's awesome. For folks who are like on the fence and they're like, okay, I don't know if Power Partners is for me. Is this kind of the right group for me, the right program for me? How would you like, okay, here are the folks that I think, you know, do really well in power partners and would really resonate with it. And here might be people who it's not necessarily right for. That is a great question. I would say I can't think of a type of person that wouldn't be good for power partners. If you genuinely don't want to push yourself to change, then probably (laughs) don't do power partners. Because there is tough work in it in that you, as you say, you're addressing a lot of the underlying conflict and fears surrounding fundraising. If that's not something you have capacity to do, then maybe hold off for now. But I will say what the only challenge I've had around power partners is in terms of leadership that I work with, because 
not mm-hmm. only are you teaching yourself this really impactful and transformative method of fundraising, but you also have to promote and push it with leadership who maybe aren't quite as open mm-hmm. to it because it is so radically different. We exist still in a field that is so entrenched in the scarcity mindset that it almost seems I've had leaders perceive my work as I'm not doing enough. I'm not taking mm-hmm. the fundraising goal seriously enough because I'm not spending mm-hmm. 20 hours a day emailing everyone and their brother just trying to get anything. Mm-hmm. It's good to have support. I would imagine it would be harder if you are alone facing a body of people who really don't get it and who mm-hmm. are so scared of not making the money they need to make that they will not try things that are new, even if they're is data and there's proof that this works better. But I think anyone who is a fundraiser working with individuals, with corporations, with institutions, because I'm focusing on individuals, I haven't really used a lot of the power partner methodology with foundations or corporations, but I can definitely see the value in that and how it works with other people in my cohort and the community. And it's a great program for anyone in fundraising. And maybe even people who aren't in fundraising, but are adjacent to it. They are managers of fundraisers, or they are board members. I know that that's something that Mm. you have little mini courses on um, working with the board. Um, That's something that could absolutely be useful and lucrative for board members to participate in. I feel like that's a cheat answer of there's no one who shouldn't do it. <laughs> Everyone should do no, it. I, <laughs> and you're not paying I, me actually, to say really that. Glad- so I'm just going to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. and But I do think that piece you said at the beginning is right. If you're not willing to do any introspection, mm-hmm. like if you don't want to look at what is causing some of the fundraising discomfort in your life, then yeah this is might not be the right fit. This does require you to look inside of you and, and not everybody is there. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Uh, But I think this is not and I you also said this at the beginning, you were like, it's not a quick course. This is not one hour that's going to change your entire fundraising. It's five and a half hours of content. It's like work to put the templates together. This is this is actual work. And I think anyone who's going to try and sell you a radically different way of fundraising in one hour is pulling your leg, personally. <laughs> but I but I do think this is not a shiny object. This is not like some quick pill to swallow. This is really doing the work that's going to change the fundraising for the rest of your career. And that is not like the five tips to change fundraising for the rest of your it's career. Certainly not a listicle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, exactly. And I will say it takes practice to really start seeing the benefits. And I will admit to you mm. that I still hate making phone calls. It is maybe it's the millennial part of me, even though I'm on the elder millennial side of things, but calling donors just stresses me out. And it's something I'm working on with the power partners group, but having the practice, and this is why I love your five and dive is it? it's something I hate doing because I don't like calling people, but it gets the practice in there so that you get more comfortable with it. It's no longer as 
big of a fear and slowly you can get better and really start to see the benefits. And that takes time. It's not something I mean, I've been in power partners for over a year and I'm still getting better at it. So if you want instant gratification, like magic wand, everything's perfect now, that maybe wouldn't be power partners, <laughs> but putting in the effort and the work to really start to get to the root of a lot of fundraising challenges, both internally and externally is way more beneficial and more fruitful than just picking up some article that tells you 10 things to do in your next email in order to make a million dollars. Yes, totally. And yeah, and thank you for saying all that. Thank you for your openness and willingness to have this conversation today. I'm so grateful. Of course, I'm grateful for all you've done. Again, you haven't paid me to say any of this people out there. So (laughs) don't think that she is that I'm getting anything for this. It truly has been so rewarding and so great to not only go through the program, but to continue to have a community to interact with and lean on and get wisdom from and all of that. So thank you for creating Power Partners. Ah, it's really my honor to get to work with all of you guys. And the group coaching calls are like, people have laughed at me because I've come to them after having surgery when I was like (laughs) on this And I've said, even though I'm pregnant and having a baby, I said, the one thing I'm going to do that I'm not taking a break from is power partner. Like, and people think I'm so crazy. And I'm like, no, that is, is that my favorite thing. And I being with all of you in community, seeing how much you support each other and just seeing fundraisers be able to come together in a safe space and talk about real challenges and overcome barriers together. And to me, it's like, it's the whole point. So I, I feel really honored to get to be a part of it. Absolutely.